Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Today, brought to you by Bet Online and BetOnline.net on this Father's Day. Thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen. On today's show, we break down Ryan Zimmerman weekend. We'll look at the last four games in the Nationals series against the Philadelphia Phillies. They did win only one of those games, but some positives from pitchers like Jackson Tetrio. Also, Josiah Gray, his best start as a Nat. All that and more coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One more note before we get going. I am in Atlanta right now. We'll be for the next two weeks trying to figure out the best uh, video situation right now. So just going to do this in audio version and then put it into a video and, and post it. Uh, on YouTube, so you won't see me, but you won't really need to see me for this one at all. So uh, hopefully going to be back on the video train here coming up later on in the week. But we have Nationals baseball to talk about, four games to talk about from this weekend. I talked about the first game uh, last week, uh, last week's show. So uh, we'll be talking about the last four games in the series. But before we do, I want to talk about Ryan Zerman weekend because, you know, you really couldn't turn on the TV or I listen to a lot of these weekends games on the radio and not uh, notice just the fanfare around Ryan Zimmerman weekend. And it was cool to hear all of the guys who played with Ryan, not just Ryan talk because, you know, he's been in our lives so often recently. I think it was really cool to hear all of those guys who came back, talk about him and the reverence that they have for him. And they have reverence for him in many ways, uh, you know, the ways that we do. And they talk about the kind of leader that he was, the kind of guy that he was. You know, people knew him, whether it be, uh, you know, from their time of the Nationals or even before that, a couple people knew him and before that. Um, and, and just kind of people that got to watch his journey at different points and see, you know, the beginning of the line uh, with the Nationals and you know, that first walk-off that people were celebrating uh, this week and that he had against the Yankees. Uh, and, and, you know, different points uh, where he kind of was the face of the franchise. And then later on, you know, that dip where he had a rough go and then came back and, and did a really awesome job and, you know, helped the Nationals finish the fight, as we've talked about so many times on here. Ryan Zerman, um, I've mentioned it too, like just a perfect guy for this franchise that switched from Montreal. And, uh, you know, he is a Virginia guy. Uh, he went to UVA, obviously, from the Tidewater area. And then comes to the Nationals and, you know, he's spent a lot of his life here. Like, this is home for him. And a lot of us can't imagine a world, you know, watching Nationals baseball. There's not a world where he's not in it. Uh, watching, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm 25. And so watching baseball, you know, for me, I obviously was watching before, you know, I was eight years old in, in 2005. But uh, watching, you know, baseball in general, like, it's hard to imagine Ryan Zerman not being around. To see his name hang up at a place... And we always thought it would, but it just felt right to see the Nationals retire that number. And the fact that nobody's going to get to wear number 11 for the Washington Nationals ever again, it should be that way. You know, he's not going to make the Hall of Fame, I don't think, at least in my opinion. But, uh, you know, that what he meant to this franchise, like you can't put that into words. And I think that's something that we miss sometimes. We talk about things like the Hall of Fame and how great people were. You know, sure, if you want to compare to other players, maybe he's not as good. Um, but for him, you can't, once again, you cannot put into words what this guy meant for the franchise. I mean, he was there from the beginning and won a championship. Like it's that simple. This guy was through 
a a new franchise stage. Uh, he was through the growing pains of that, kind of the fun ups and downs. He was there through the mid to uh, the aughts, I should say, where the Nationals were good but not getting over the top. And then even at that you know older age, he helped push them over the top with his performance in 2019. There's no words for that. And I think, uh, for me at least, and I think a lot of the guys just talking about the stories and talking about knowing him, it's a much more eloquent than I think anything I can say. So if you guys can go back and watch some of the Q&As and find some of those interviews in the course of the weekend, I definitely encourage you all to do it. I know the weekend didn't go great, but there were some positives, and I feel like between this, Josiah Gray and the win today, it felt like kind of a nice win of a weekend in some way, shape, or form. All right, let's talk about what happened over the course of the weekend, but first, one more quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Athletic Greens. You guys are the deal. You guys have heard me talk about it before. One scoop every single day in a cold glass of water, and you will be good to go Ready, ripping, and running. Uh, it's good for you. It's going to be uh, compatible with keto, paleo, vegan diets. So if you guys are any of those, try Athletic Greens. You're good to go on that. And it's made no GMOs. It's all natural stuff. It's all good and good for you. To make it easy right now, Athletic Greens is giving you guys one free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, so as we always do on these episodes, we have to set up where the Washington Nationals are right now. All right, so the Nationals at this point in time are 24 and 46. That puts them in last place in the National League East. They have a 343 winning percentage which is the worst in the National League. It is the third or second worst now, actually, in baseball. Oakland at 22-45 and 45 is the only team that is worse. Um, they're 21 and a half games back of the Mets, who have, are playing right now. They'll probably end up being 21. They are 15 games back of the Braves. They are 13 games back of the Phillies. They are seven and a half back games of the Marlins. It's about to be eight games back because the Marlins are going to win. The Nats are 12-26 and 26 at home, which is a big yikes. Uh, and they are 12 and 20 on the road. The only team that's worse than them at home is those athletics, 7 and 25. I can't find another team looking right now uh, that at home is as abysmal. Yeah, there, I don't think there is one. As the Nationals are uh, this year, Cubs at 13 24, but it's not nearly as bad percentage wise. Nats are 12 and 20 on the road. They have a minus 109 run differential, uh, which I believe, double checking right now, is, yep, it is still the worst in baseball. They are just four, though, four ahead of the Pirates, uh, or four behind, excuse me, I should say the Pirates. They've won one, they're two and eight in their last ten, as they snapped an eight-game losing streak today against the Philadelphia Phillies. And so let's let's start with that win today against the Phillies. A nine-to-three win where the Nationals bats just came out from the outset and wanted to get some work done there. Michael Franco in the second inning, and then Juan Soto in the second inning getting the job done. Juan is just, and still, you know, the performance today, it was one for five. Uh, he's hitting 218 now. Just been a miserable season for a guy that we expect so much better from this year. But, you know, he is top 21 in the league right now, top 25 in home runs. Uh, in this month, he hit his, uh, what was his fifth? It was his fifth home run of the month. Actually, it's now it's 22. ESPN never updates their stats, but... On the month, y'all, he's hitting 158. It'll go up a little bit today, 
but he's you know he's below 200, 324 on base, 386, slugging the 710 OPS. Like some of the other numbers, you know, relative to what he's doing are really I mean really impressive. But this is just not a guy right now who's seeing the baseball as well as we're accustomed him to. You know, it's just not the guy. And I thought the one thing that we we always mentioned and talked about was the strikeouts. Uh, last year. 93 strikeouts in 151 plate attempts. And I thought he was getting, you know, a lot better in that regard. Um, uh, plate attempts, what am I saying? Uh, 93 strikeouts last year in 502 ABs. And then the year before, you know, 28 strikeouts, and this is a shorter sample size, in 47 games, struck out 28 times, uh, 154 plate appearances. That was awesome. Well, right now, you know, he's at 243, so almost halfway to 500 um, and he is striking out he struck out 46 times so you know right now he's actually kind of on, he's actually on track to be right where he was last year and I thought at times you know last year you know it was was improving but not great but um you know so I, I feel like he, I feel like the moments where he struck out are kind of the thing that struck out to me like there, there are some moments where you just think of like wow this is a bad situation tough at bat and you know, he'll get ahead 2-0, and then uh, you might let somebody off the hook. Miss a couple pitches, take a pitch maybe he shouldn't. And so it's just stuff like that. You know, he's just not coming up in those big moments. We also know this year it's been a difficult one for him, especially, uh, you know, in those situations with – well, he's been really bad against lefties. That's the number one thing. Against lefties this year, he's hitting 181 with a 319 on base. Like, that's not like, horrible. Uh, but, like, the, the average obviously is. Against righties, he's hitting 243. So uh, the 401 on base, I mean – Obviously, much more productive there, but the 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 stats against lefties are really what is um, you know kind of been dragging him down uh, right now. And then in scoring position this year, he is hitting one twenty five, the two eighty eight on base. So that is not you know that's not a place where we've usually seen him uh, you know struggle this much. But this year, it's absolutely been an uphill climb for him. And compare that now, you know, you go back to twenty twenty one. Like he was, I mean, he was dynamite in this, these spots, 106 ABs, 396 average of 577 OPS with runners in scoring position, 316 average with runners on with a 466 on base percentage. And the OPS for him with runners in scoring position was 1.265 last year. He was fantastic in this spot and just, it really dropped off. Now, I, I think one thing we all can agree on is that this is probably an anomaly for him this year, but you know, it's difficult when there's so much conversation about his contract extension. I'm not here to imply that, you know, he should be making less money. I think, you know, he's going to deserve whatever he gets, but uh, I think it's just all pretty interesting. And the nationals offense though, it did show up. And so that, you know, my entire rant about that was just to say, come full circle here. It's good to see that, right? It was good to see him uh, execute, you know, the way he should today. And, uh, or at least once it was, uh, the rest of the way, you know, it was, it, was, it was difficult. It was one for five once again on the day. But Luis Garcia continues to impress three for four on the day. Michael Franco was two for three with three runs driven in. Yadiel Hernandez, a nice three-hit game. And Lane Thomas goes one for four uh, on the day as well. And the other big thing we have to talk about, uh, you know, was Jackson Tetrio. Um, on the day, three uh, seven innings, six hits, two Ks. 91 pitches. They needed the guys this weekend to go long, and Tetrail gives them seven full innings. And he came in and had a really difficult assignment. And I mentioned this before. The fact that he had to face off against um, against the Braves and the Phillies back-to-back, 
that's not an easy way to come into the league, man. And so today, the errors are what ends up, uh, you know, allowing the Phillies to score runs. So not totally his fault, but just in control, defense behind him after those errors did a much better job. And so I don't like taking too much, but just that was really encouraging. And a guy that we think they're going to need now, Evan Lee's injury on the weekend kind of banks the fact that Tetreo is going to be around for a minute. I know Paulo Espino is technically the starter, but but the guy who's piggybacking off of him and could even start uh, is Evan Lee off of Paulo Espino. So, you know, now it's going to be a situation where Tetreo is going to be up there and I think he's going to continue to make starts. This is once again a guy who was unheralded. He's 26 years old, just turned 26 this month, and really had performed very well in AAA. And so this is kind of a surprise, and the fact that this guy's kind of been surprising, okay, let's give him a shot at the majors. This is not a guy, when you guys go to MLB Pipeline uh, for the Nationals, you're not going to find him, I'm going sure, to sure double-check this, um, that you're not going to find him, you know, I'm going to find him up high, but I definitely don't think you're going to actually find him, you know, at all. This is not a guy that we were really uh, hyping up. If you look, it's House, Cavalli, Henry, Rutledge, Vaccaro, Lara, Carrillo, Cruz, um, uh, Ramirez, uh, Antuna, Cronin. Let's see, I'm not even seeing it. Yeah, he's not a guy who's even cracked into this kind of consideration, cracked into this area. And so because of that, you know, getting a start like this, like really encouraging. Let's see what he can do, you know, and, and hopefully build on this for Jackson Tetrio. So seeing that was fantastic for the Nationals today. And it was nice to end the weekend on a high note with a victory. Um, going back to the, the other game that really we want to hit on and talk about its importance is the game that we saw last night. Nationals lose two to one. Sure, great. You know, whatever the result. You guys know this. Uh, the Nationals are not in the results business this year. That's not what we're talking about this season with the Nationals. Some results matter, right? The results that we're looking at, though, are individual performances and guys improving. And so yesterday, Josiah Gray gave to me what was his best outing as a national. Um, there are some that people have liked a lot. You know, the, the Reds outing with the 9Ks and the, uh, the one run allowed, the home run, was a really strong outing. Um, earlier this year, the Giants game, six innings, you know, 3Ks, only one hit allowed. Really strong outing from him as well. And in 2021, he had some strong outings. But, I mean, uh, you know, the, the Red Sox game, six innings, three hits, seven Ks in that one last season. But I don't think you can, you know, you can act like this is not his best game. I think it pretty clearly was. The fact that he was in trouble early, bases loaded, and he ends up getting out of that and really just puts it on cruise control. And, and look, this is not a high strikeout outing. High pitch outing, 117 pitches for him, but allows one hit, 117 pitches, gets through full six full innings. That's what good pitchers do, and gave his team a chance to win the ball game. And in the seventh, obviously, Rosman Ramirez gets tagged, you know, and they give up a run there. Um, and then you have Reed Garrett give up three hits, takes the loss, but and they lose 2 1 in the game, short, whatever. But the fact that Josiah Gray pitched this well is one of the most encouraging things that we've seen. He's on a great run right now. I, I, I you know, I might have jinxed Eric Fetty when I said he was the Nationals' best pitcher a while ago because after that, he sucked. But now it's swung. I mean, right now, at this point in time, the best guy the Nationals have, it's this kid. And look at, across his, you know, this month of, of June for him, 17 innings, 9 hits, 
one earned run, seven walks, which again, you know, it can be issues for him at, at times, but I thought he was pretty good today, and 19 strikeouts. Then you extend it to the start before that, which was the Rocky start, five innings, one earned run, and three Ks in that one too. You know, he's at 22 innings now, his last 22 innings where he surrendered two earned runs. He's been fantastic so far, especially in this month of June and that last start in May. He's really figuring things out because that stretch before that, you know, he had the um, Houston game, six runs in six innings. He had the Miami game, three runs in six innings, which wasn't that bad. But then he has the game after that against the Dodgers where it's seven earned runs, three homers allowed, three walks as well. And so that was like the learning curve. And we've seen him adjust against that good Rockies team. He did well against Cincinnati team. that was down. He you know, took it to him a little bit there. Miami team that was down. He took it to him there as well. With the six K's, he'd allow six hits, but no runs in that one. And then a, a really, you know, a Phillies lineup that's been doing really well. He took it to them today after that, for, you know, after that, that uh, game began, um, he really got after it. And I, I think this kid is showing all the signs that we want to see him, you know, the overall numbers, we, we mentioned this again, the overall numbers for him are not maybe something that we should evaluate because his mistakes are big mistakes. But that's what you want to see from a guy who's this age. You want to see him learn and adapt and grow. And after that difficult three-game stretch, he's put together a, uh, a four really awesome games. There will be other bad stretches. Those are going to come for Josiah Gray. But when they do come, let's see what adjustments he makes. They come for all pitchers, right? They all, for the most part, all pitchers. Uh, you know, they all have a couple stretches that things don't go well. This kid is 24. I said it the other day. I'm going to say it again. You know, you give this kid five years, he's not even be 30 yet, right? So, you know, some some pitchers are even still learning at that age. And I'm sure he'll learn as things go, go along and he'll develop. But his stuff looks really good. He was in command yesterday. And He's actually, so many Nationals pitchers get off to rough starts and kind of settle in. Strasburg obviously did at times. Max had a couple of those at times, but uh, Corbin's had those games where it started rough and maybe gotten a little bit more into things. Um, he he kind of has a little bit of that in him as well. But once he gets going, he really does get going. Now, he does make mistakes. You know, he leaves pitches up in the zone, you know, trying to challenge guys, and guys can take him deep. Good pitchers, good, or good hitters, excuse me, can take him deeper and, and make things happen, especially with that home run ball. We've seen it a lot, but... He's got the good enough stuff. He's got the confidence as well. And this is one of those games that's got to grow his confidence despite the result. This is one of those games, if you're a Nationals fan, it feels like a win despite a loss because what do we care about? I don't care about the win and loss when we're 23 games under 500. I care about what actually happens after, the, you know, what, what's the result? Is there anything positive to take? And, and this is a guy that we know the Nationals are going to value because of what they traded for to get him. And he showed up and showed out in a big way. All right, one more quick word from our sponsors, and we'll touch on the doubleheader games from this weekend. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by BetOnline and BetOnline.net. When you guys go to BetOnline today, you guys will find their sleek interface. It's the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports development, league reviews, including this year's NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, and more. It's your continued source for all your sports wagering, Information including live betting, esports, and scores. Bet online remains the best spot for all of your sports action. Bet online, it's where the game starts. So we're not going to spend too much time on these last couple games here. Um, so the Nationals lost the uh, the Friday night game eight seven. Dave Martinez 
gets ejected, as he should have. The Nationals get screwed off of a miss where clearly Luis Garcia gets interfered with. Not much he can do in that situation. But the positive in this game is that against, uh, you know, uh, Falter, who uh, faltered, if you will, in this game, uh, the Nationals, middle of the lineup, very strong. Josh Bell, two for three. Kbert Ruiz, two for three. Michael Franco, two for three. Luis Garcia, two for three. Tell you what, when you look at those guys, and Bell had a great weekend, um, Bell, asset plus guy who could be on the team down the line. Ruiz, uh, going to be part of the future of the team. Franco, potential asset or guy they could bring back, you know, could, could, I mean, Michael Franco could be a decent bat for them. Also could be an option for them in this rebuild right now, um, especially if Carter Keboom doesn't work out. I'm not sure what the market's going to be like for him. I mean, he's done some really good things with the bat this year. Guy's driven in 32 runs on the season, y'all. So, I mean, you know, he's hitting 259 with 32 runs driven in. Um, and, and so this season, you know, it feels like this is a guy who's actually bringing a little bit of heat for them. Bring, you know, he, he's making things happen for the Nationals offense this year. So I think he is going to be somebody that's super valued. Obviously, Luis Garcia, a definite part of the future for the Nationals. Right now, in that RBI department, uh, he is in third place. Josh Bell at 44, Nelson Cruz at 37, and then Michael Franco is at 32. He has played 69 games. Juan Soto has played 68. And uh, Michael Franco has driven in more runs this year than than Juan Soto has. And he's been a better hitter overall, I think, this year than Juan Soto has. I know Juan's at the 14 home runs. Uh, does have more total bases because of the walking. But, like, you know, at, at the plate, in terms of uh, doing a job, driving in the runs, making things happen, he feels like he's doing a bit more. Because Juan's best success this year has almost actually just been letting it, letting the next guy in the order do something because he's walked so often. Um, but, yeah, I would say, you know, that, that's that's huge, obviously. And so, you know, those four guys are putting on performances that, that can be viewed different ways as an asset, as whatever you want. I love seeing Dave Martinez get ejected. That was great. Um, you know, seeing that fire, it just, it needed to happen. The Nash, he, you know, he had to stand up for his team in that situation. There's no doubt about that. So I love seeing him go out there and do the damn thing like that. Just stand up for his team, stand up for his squad. Uh, and then the first game of the day in that doubleheader was a five to three loss. He wanted to come back and he had to start in that game. Josh Bell, the two run home run really has just been, you know, it's just another another instance of him having a, uh, a lot of success. And I have to say, in terms of competitive, you know, the, how competitive things were, like the, the first three games of this series, or excuse me, the middle three of the series were pretty competitive games. Um, you know, the Nationals lose by two, lose by one, lose by one. Those two se- the second games, uh, the second and third games were both in extra innings. So the Nationals lost close games. You know, it's, that's something that you can hang your head on. It's not like they were getting blown out like they did in that first game on Thursday. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you guys check out our NBA mock draft stuff. Uh, my guy, Rafael Barlow, is grinding. The first picks of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft have been made. Search now for Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and get over 50 insiders, Odyssey sports experts, and the draft experts of Locked On NBA Big Board. Our guy, Rafael Barlow. Uh, and they will break things down. The five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is underway. Make Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen every day after you make Locked On Nationals your first listen. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You guys can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Till next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.